You are listening to the Resum Island Survivals, an audio project of the Imperma Research Institute at Lunda Uni. Join us as we explore more than 876,000 text objects detailing life during Imperma. Each of these stories, found on the island of Empty Slaw, are presented here in what we believe to be their intended oral format. Generous funding was provided by the Lariah T. Mushta Foundation and the Europe Endowment for Perma Renewal, proud sponsors of the Perma Listener Outreach Project, PLOP, which placed 500 listeners in centers across Perma. For more information or for a transcription of the archived materials presented on this program, please send a self-addressed envelope to the Imperma Research Institute at Lunda Uni, Lundangla, Europe, Ice 4. We hope you enjoy this episode of The Resum Island Survivals. Welcome to another episode of The Resum Island Survivals. Tonight we continue our discussion with Araby Earth, who we left last episode on the cusp of learning just how her observing ship happened upon the island of Antisla. Welcome back, Araby. Thanks for having me back. Let's continue. In our last conversation, you told us about your first true bone day, when Ice 4 receded and exposed a whole new region of islands. Mm -hmm. You explained that the maps of those islands were first drawn by the old observies, and that something caught your attention about the names they gave to two of them. Right, yes, the islands of Tukpa and Antisla. First of all, Tukpa did not look anything like its namesake, which means arrow. It wasn't long and skinny, it was hilly and round. Sometimes they'd name an island because it looked like something, but clearly not with this one. Also, naming an island Empty Slough was definitely curious to me. Every island out there was desolate and empty. The way the ice left it that day would have been much the same all those years before. I explained all of this to my shipmates, and we decided to go see Tukpa. The wind was good that day, and there were excellent cold streams throughout that you know we could ride. So what was Tukpa like? Tukpa itself was maybe 10 or so kilos wide, so not too small. A cold fog was out that day, and it was difficult to see the whole of the island. The fog stuck to the center of it, so we couldn't get a view across it. We circled the shore to see if there was a good point to make land. Just as we crossed the northern edge of the island, a prevailing wind came through that opened the fog, and that's when we saw it. A massive sign with an arrow in a bright green and orange like I've never seen before. I realized immediately that it pointed to the southwest and looked at the maps. Then it all clicked into place. The old observie's message was received. Empty slaw lay on the map right where the arrow pointed. Ah, yes. Yes, that's the final sign in the Rissomer's symbology. It's quite incredible that you were able to experience precisely what those ancient travelers during Imperma might have seen as they neared the end of their strange journey to the island. Yeah. Yeah, I convinced the ship steer to skip landing at Tukba and head straight for Empty Slough. The route was clear of any difficulties, so we arrived within half a day. And that was despite the wind wanting us to go in the other direction. <laughs> the currents, too, around Empty Slot were hellish. But 
I took all these things as signs that there must be something interesting there, you know, so we work through it. Please tell our listeners what you found. Empty Slaw is a large island compared to all the little ones in the region. It's at least 40 kilos north to south and 25 across. We circumvented its shore and it was all the same all around, barren and empty, just like its name. We made landfall and crossed from the beach up over a rocky crest. I expected to see a flattened landscape of gray rock and ice going across to the other shore. That's what every island was more or less like, but with hills or some mountains at times, you know. But what we found on Empty Slough was unique. A deep valley extended into the center of the island with a body of water at its center. A small lake, basically. The entire interior of the island was filled with land features I couldn't name. We climbed down into the valley and decided to camp there for the night. We knew there wouldn't be any danger on the island, what with having been covered by the ice for so long. Hoopy was the oldest out of our crew, and he always took the lead when it came to setting up camp. It's something he is very particular about, you know, and generally he did a great job. He'd disappear for a while, and then he'd fetch us to show us where everything was. Thing was, though, Hoopy wasn't the brightest out of the lot, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> that day, he was only gone a spell or so when we heard him yelling, Wood! There's wood here! You know how rare wood is in Perma. Well, it's a thousand times more rare that close to the ice. We followed him back to where he'd found this, you know, wood. It was only as I was walking along to find Hoopy that I saw that we weren't stepping on natural ground, but a path made with a tiled surface. And then it dawned on me. All the rock formations I had assumed were caused by the ice were structures, like actual buildings. Yeah, Hoopy was inside one of them when he came out carrying three black cylinders. It's wood, coal wood, he shouted. He was thrilled. I had only seen wooden logs once before, and I didn't remember them being black. He tried to explain it, but, you know, no one got it. That was Hoopy, though, taken by this little thing and not noticing the bigger picture all around us. The light was dim, but still we could make out the structures. Everything looked untouched, not ancient, not crumbly. They tell me now that the ice actually protected it over all those years. So, the thing I remember most about that day was the chunk of ice I nearly tripped over. Inside it was a small red shoe. Set inside the clear marine blue of the ice, I knew it had been a child's, though the style looked, you know, pretty foreign to a perma shoe. It was old Permian, for sure. Sorry to interrupt, but you know that the shoe is on display now in the new museum at the Imperma Research Institute? Yeah, yeah, someone did mention that. It seems like a real Lunda thing to do, you know? I mean, I'd hate to see the shoe there like that. I'd rather keep it the way I have it in my head, you know, the way I found it. But anyways, everything, once you walked around a bit, it looked like a village. It was easy to see how people, you know, people just like us actually lived there. It was... It was so perma-like. The whole time, I was aware that those early observies had walked through this place just like we were doing. The only difference is that we told others about it. 
they had to keep it a secret, though, you know, I never understood quite why. I mean, surely it wasn't that bad. Not that bad? I can assure you that had those observers told anyone about what they found, they would have been dead before the day was done. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah, I suppose it's a good thing that you were young and don't remember the horrors of the past. It was because of the first perma laws. That strange and cruel code of conduct, which, like it or not, brought stability. Questions about imperma, the very expression of any curiosity about what preceded perma, was met with nothing less than death. Hmm. No imprisonment, no torture, just the swift swing of an axe. <laughs> the founders of perma, our ancestors, were agreed in the single idea that the madness of imperma would be conquered only when the last person who remembered it was dead. They feared imperma and believed that even the most benign thought about what it was like, what had caused it, would carry within it the bad seed. Today that approach seems harsh and even insane, but there you have it. It's been my life's work to awaken Perma once again to these taboo considerations of our past, of what was before us. Now Perma is braver. We're ready to see in Perma through the survivals. Ah, that was a rather impassioned spell, Irby. My apologies. But I want to make clear just why your observing precursors kept the secret of Empty Sloth so tightly shut outside of this subtle message in the Ice 4 map. I guess we're quite a secretive bunch, Doctor. There's all kinds of things we know that most people in Perma could never guess at. <laughs> but that's probably for another show. Yes, I suppose it is. And we must let the good people of Perma return home so they can sleep. Thank you for sharing this truly momentous story with us tonight. No problem, Doctor. Thanks. Well, this concludes another episode of the Resum Island Survivals. Thank you for listening. Good night. for listening to the Resum Island Survivals. This was Episode 3 of Cycle 1, Preliminaries. Dr. Low Swell was played by David Walker. Araby Earth was played by Abby Glogauer. You can learn more about the show at resum.chickadeeandcrow.com It was written and directed by Chris Whitebelt. This was a Chickadee and Crow production. You can also learn more about the show by following us on Twitter and Facebook. Simply search Resum Island. <laughs>